Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We cannot start this week's show, absolutely cannot start this week's show, until we thank the following people who went to Patreon.com to sponsor this show. Derek Haynes. Alex Kazanis. Jack Connolly. Jonathan Renteria Elie. Bill Dixon. The wonderful Melanie Harker. Dr. Jason Woods. Oh, the fantastic Allison Keene. The alright Jamal Newman. The so-so John Helter. Battle Matt Fitness. The wonderful David Trumbor. And the one and only Sean Paul Ellis. Hey, out there, if you guys want to be on this list or just want to know what's coming up next week on the show, check out patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons for more details. And remember, that's morning with a U. Thank you so much for sponsoring us. Thank you so much for listening. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from the North Pole, I'll be your co-host, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, our very own elf on the shelf, it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, bud? <laughs> oh, David, 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 I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing good. You've been watching me this entire month, and I just want to check in with you, make sure that everything's going okay. Am I doing Am I doing okay? Am I like on the you've been a you've been a real good boy, David. A real good boy. Real good. Real good. Real good. Yikes. No, you've been doing really well. Have we done this bit before? I feel like maybe we did. Uh I don't think so. Have I called you an elf on the shelf in the past? I mean you probably have. Or was that just between you you and me in the in the dark of night? Uh probably the dark of night. I don't think you've ever called me an elf mm. on a shelf in a flattering manner, so this feels new. Mm. Interesting. It's normally like been a, a pejorative term that you've said towards I think, me. I think we need a mediator here between the two of us. We do. We're uh, in a weird position of power and I'm not comfortable with it. Anybody else who can help us out? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. We have to we have to bring in uh our Elf on an elf on a shelf, returning Holy from shit. yeah, returning from last week's episode, we have Melanie Harker returning to the show again. I am not an inceptor elf, a and b. I cannot help you fools. I am so sorry. <sighs> Nobody can. It's okay. We appreciate you trying. Can I ask you a question? If you were gonna be an elf on an elf on a shelf, where would you be positioned? Like shoulder? Uh. Uh. Uh, where is this too? Is this an uncomfortable question? Well, I don't think I realized that Elf on the Shelf watches you. It's not a tradition that I had oh. growing up, so I don't oh, know shit 100%. about Elf. I don't know shit about it's Elf like on Christmas the Shelf. Nanny State. What? Yeah, yeah. No, it's Nanny State. They they now sell like cameras, sometimes fake, sometimes real cameras. No, they don't. That are Elf on the Shelf branded to watch kids. Are oh. you fucking kidding me? No, that's a real thing. Uh, th- that is creepy as shit. Yeah, super creepy. <laughs> it's like Elf is always watching. I don't, no f- I don't feel good about this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm going to revise my statement, Melanie, okay. and say you're not an elf on an elf on a shelf. Mm-hmm. You're a Mel on a mantle. Okay. I like it. Okay. Holy crap. Did we just crack into the Hanukkah market? We just <laughs> cracked into the Hanukkah market. <laughs> A melon a mantle. And you can put it right underneath the menorah. Oh, my God. You can't put it underneath the menorah. 
Well, they would get, we got to make sure, like in like in front, underneath, we got to make sure you're fire retardant. It would get wax on it. It really messy. Uh, Mel on a menorah. Yeah. I don't know why we looked that I don't over. Know if you put her on the menorah. Yeah, but like on like sort of like the candle portion itself, not like on. What if Mel's a monkey and she hangs from it? Is that sacrilegious? Mm, Is that like cool? a barrel of monkey style. Like a little yeah, deep. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm okay with that. I, I don't want to be a Ooh, monkey. Oh, and it's a chain. And for every day of Hanukkah, you add another little Mel <gasps> on a chain. That's genius. Until it topples over and sets the place on fire. Yes. <laughs> maybe we didn't think this through. Maybe, maybe we got to workshop this a little bit more. <laughs> but it's a good start. If I see a Mel on a mantle with a menorah next year, listeners, I'm going to be upset because you know you got it here first because no one else in their right minds would put that idea forward. I'll and Sean d- all I ask is for a cut. Sort of workshop. That's all I want is just yeah, exactly. a cut. I'm going to gonna throw it out there. We could also patreon.com slash Saturday morning cartoon. We can also do Mel on a mattress, Mel on a mirror. Whoa. Why would Mel be on a ma- Why would, okay. Listen, Sean is just thinking of words that begin Sean, with Sean, stop bringing up my boudoir work. This is not the this is not the space for it. Final idea. <laughs> not Mel on a Murphy bed. <laughs> That's a reach. Even for you. Now Mel on a mirror is just that um is Bloody Mary. That's what that is. That's a fucking Yikes. weird New Jersey tale. Jesus. We have yet that's a New Jersey tale? What? Isn't there like a weird New Jersey? I don't, I don't know. think that that's like a, Does, a horror tale. Are you combining like the Jersey Devil with Bloody Mary? No, there's just like there's a whole compendium of like weird shit the that happens barons? in New Jersey, and it's called Weird New Jersey. I think it's just called I New don't, Jersey. I don't know. You don't know I about don't this? Know that that's a New Jersey tale. Oh, no, just saying, Bloody Mary isn't specifically New Jersey. It it is told in New Jersey, and I'm sure it has a New Jersey <laughs> slant. Has actually to a New Jersey PO box. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so where, where she lives. <laughs> How the hell did we get here? How did we get? Oh my god! This we have is yet to even... have a holiday cartoon discussion that doesn't go completely off the rails and into dark and disturbing territory. We have tried desperately to do one holiday episode that can that is family friendly, and we have failed yet again this year, nope. guys. Twenty eighteen, we're going to do one family friendly mm. Christmas episode. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. I have faith in us. We can do it. The holiday spirit. I don't. I, do, I feel like we're going to get frustrated because it's going to be that time of the year and no, we're going to swear. I think it's going to be good. It's going to be the year without a raunchy SMC episode. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. We can do it. We can do it once. And then if people really believe in us and they want us to come back to normal, then we can conjure that up and we can get back into you it. Know, Does that sound good? You know, I like in November, before we start recording, I'm going to be really grumpy and I'm going to come up with some bullshit excuse about how I've got a cold and how people oh don't want to listen to the podcast. And I'm just going to lay in bed and Mel's going to come in and she's going to be like, well, maybe I'll just put on your beard and I'll go down and I'll podcast for you. This got weirdly specific. And then she'll call over the two the two elves that we have that are in the house jingle and jangle and they'll be like real freaked out and then she's gonna put them on a task to go and find good cheer in oh wait are we talking about today's episode we should probably it sounds a lot like today's episode we should probably let jingle and jangle out of the closet by the way sean oh no no their corpses stay there okay just i just wanted to bring that up (laughs) we got dark again for christmas Dark Elves for Christmas. Yeah, we are talking about Year Without a Santa Claus, which clearly, clearly this entire conversation has been leading up to. <laughs> Line is crystal. Mel, why are we talking about this before Sean gets into the history? 
So, as listeners may be aware, I'm a pretty mm-hmm. big fan of Rankin Bass Christmas specials, and mm-hmm. around this time of year, Sean and Dave always come to me and say, "What? What fucking weird ass stop motion <laughs> holiday special can we make? Can we destroy from your childhood? Because they know that I love yeah. it with every, except for Little Drummer Boy. We all know my feelings around Little Little Drummer Boy at yeah, this point. Fuck that guy. Fuck that show. But the such as you know." Year without a Santa Claus, Santa Claus is coming to town, Jack Frost, all those guys. Uh, I love them. Rudolph, they're all great. So uh, I figured we would watch this this year. I was shocked to hear that Sean had not watched this before. Neither had you, Dave. Nope, I've never seen this one. I knew the characters from the songs. Uh, I'd never actually watched it. At least you're a little bit further along. You knew the characters in the songs. Did you know the Batman and Robin reference? I'm sorry, what? What? I talked to you about this last night, Sean. So Ooh. I know exactly. That's when it gets personal. Uh, Batman and Robin, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Victor oh, Freeze. Yeah. And right. when you're introduced to Victor Freeze in that very first scene, he's like in a club, he's like in an ice bar, and he's watching on the TV a scene from Is this really? movie. And he's watching that song <laughs> where it's, you know. About the You're right. about one of the characters that we're gonna meet in a moment. You're a hundred percent right. So uh, that's that's my little nice little, little tidbit for you. Is that the part where he's like, "Ice to meet you"? It's yes. It's right before that. Everybody chill. Yeah, <laughs> it's right before all that shit blows up. Yes. <laughs> Guys, back to you without a Santa yeah. Claus. For folks like me and Sean out there who don't know what the heck this thing is, Sean, why don't you walk them through? Absolutely. So. The Year Without a Santa Claus is a 1974 Christmas stop-motion animation television special produced by Rankin-Bass Productions, our good friends at Rankin-Bass. The story is based on Phyllis McGinley's 1956 book of the same name illustrated by Kurt Wenth. It was originally broadcast on December 10th, 1974 on ABC. The film was Shirley Booth's final acting credit as she retired from acting after its completion. I did not know that. And what an interesting tidbit and a great role for her to go out on. I just want to add. So says Wikipedia anyway. I mean, I guess it's ironclad. Probably. What she actually became a stop motion figure after this and she lives in infamy this is like a nested horror story within it where it during the production it trapped shirley booth's soul she became almost like a child's play like a child's play chucky doll that just like sucked her soul in and then she has to murder i guess it would be a modern day annabelle you cannot do a family-friendly christmas episode to save our damn we have never done a family-friendly episode period hard stop yeah true true (laughs) I feel like we are we are more appropriate on like super violent, like Castlevania was probably more family friendly than this episode has been already. Right. We are stopping the podcast. We are ending the podcast, and we are just doing a podcast about being really grumpy and angry all the time, and we're gonna swear throughout. I'm okay with it. Okay, and I feel like it's kind of what we we'll do get right the ghost now. Of Mickey Rooney to narrate for us. Perfect. Done. Uh, if you folks out there don't know what this particular Rankin-Bass holiday special is about, you're about to find out. So, in the year without a Santa Claus, all are preparing for a Santa Claus sleigh ride, except Santa, who decides to take a vacation. That little jerk. When a weary and discouraged Santa Claus considers skipping his Christmas Eve run one year, Mrs. Claus and the elves set out to change his mind. 
that's a that's an interesting conceit actually i'll give that to you it, it's sort of like it's weird because all of a sudden santa is like no nope, i'm not doing my job anymore so somebody else can do it or we're just gonna skip it completely it's <laughs> a weird thing to start off with a, a christmas special but i thought it was interesting it was interesting enough to kind of get me get me into this uh, to begin with how about you guys what drew you in they needed a, a get that was extreme enough to really draw you in emotionally. So like yeah. the idea of a Christmas special where Santa Claus says, I am suffering from intense depression and I need to have a vacation. Like that's a really interesting way to start a Christmas special because then the automatic yeah. response from the audience is no Santa, right? Like as a child, you you want to be like, no Santa, you, you have to do Christmas. And then that's yeah. where we go with the rest of this special. Now, now yeah, he's contractually obligated. I mean, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but this was a whole entire Christmas special that was sponsored by Cymbalta or Zoloft. Which one was it? No. No? No. no. Prozac? It was, yeah, it was the original. It was Prozac. It was Prozac. Prozac. Cool. Got it. Got you it. Are going... It was probably sponsored by like Newport cigarettes. <laughs> you are going to disappoint me so much throughout this episode, aren't you? I, what? Well, that's what, what we do. <laughs> yeah, you've listened. We're you've been good. on the show quite a bit. <laughs> But I love this Christmas special. Well, I loved this I, special as well. You did? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I did. We'll, we'll see. I actually really, I really enjoyed this one too. Good. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a little hard to talk about the theme song in this one because um, it doesn't really kick off with a theme song, but there is a title song that comes up fairly early on. So we can skip over the, the plot stuff for now and just talk about the song, The Year Without a Santa Claus. Well, Mel. What do you love? What do you hate about this song? I love A Year Without a Santa Claus, the song, because first of all, it's one of the only Rankin-Bass specials where a, a woman is like the the narrating driving force throughout it. Right. So uh, Shirley Booth, uh, who we're supposing this was her final acting credit. I uh, don't know if that's true, right. but she does a really wonderful job of doing this sort of like very warming speak sing is uh, like a style yeah. that they use a lot in a lot of the Rankin-Bass specials. and um, it's just really like whimsical. There's children's, you know, choir kind of like backup singing in this song. Um, and it's like, did you ever know? Did you ever hear about that terrible year? And like, they just like the the manner of rhyme that they use with it. I just like when I hear it, I get like really warm. And I just want to be like, I want to snuggle up and listen to this special. Like, it just makes me feel really nice inside. That's a nice little nostalgia bump. Yeah. Every eye held a blue Christmas tear. Can I ask you about the timeline, though? Because I was a little confused in the beginning. So Mrs. Claus is narrating, right? Mm-hmm. She's, but she's also walking through the story as she's telling it, which was a little, not confusing. I'm just trying to figure out the timeline. So she's singing about the year without a Santa mm-hmm. Claus, but then we watch as that effect kind of t- takes hold on these poor kids who were told in the song think that Santa has died. So it's all these kids who see headlines and newspapers and news stories that there's no Santa Claus this year. There's no Christmas. It's pretty much over. What what happens then? Is she telling us about something that happened in the past and they're coming up on another Christmas? Or is she telling us about the, the thing that is to come? She's telling us about the thing that is to come. They do this a few okay. times. Um, yeah. If we ever... Did we watch uh, Rudolph and... No, sorry. Uh, Rudolph's Shiny New Year? we watch that i don't, I don't think, think we've so. watched no. that yet so they they have this mechanism and they actually you know where they do it better is um uh, santa claus is coming to town they sort of like tell mm-hmm. they speak sing like the whole story of santa claus 
And then, like, Fred Astaire goes right into, like, you know, so we're going to look back on this thing. And Shirley Booth does that, too, where you get, like, you get, like, her. She's, like, outside, I think. Maybe she's, like, tending to the laundry or something. And she's just, like, you know, we're going to talk about a time before you were born, like, which was the year without a Santa Claus. And then, like, we go through the song. And then where suddenly she is, like, telling us the story of, like, what happened but she's also a player in the story. Yeah, um, and that's what was a little confusing. And and we, I don't want to give away the final moment until we get there. Mm-hmm. So let's keep that under wraps. But it was strange because I was like, is this like an It's a Wonderful Life scenario where it's like, <laughs> here's what would have happened if Santa was a lazy sack and just sat in his rocking chair all day? Or is it like this already happened and now we're trying to fix it? So that's what I was a little confused. They like to do the thumbnails, like storytelling, and then they go back and kind yeah. of unpack the story. So I think that's that's gotcha. what this is. Gotcha. Yeah, it was a cautionary tale. Ish. Um. If kids, if you find yourself as Santa Claus, <laughs> remember, to never get sick or lazy. Here's here's a all the kids will be sad. Here's yeah. a model for you, Dave. Is uh, in Broadway okay. shows, Broadway musicals. Mm-hmm. There is a, a mechanism where they will play the opening music that has mm. no vocals through it is um, a touch on every theme that is to come throughout the musical. Like the overture? The overture is a touch on every theme um, that you hear. So it goes through musically the arc of whatever you're about to see, but you don't, and this is like very typical Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yeah. Um, Sondheim sure. does this. So you'll hear everything and then you'll see it all play out. Like right when you, right when they dive into sort of like the dialogue and the storytelling. So that's kind of what it is. It's like an overture. Interesting. That's that's a good way to describe it. Because honestly, for the first time watching it, I was just like, I don't know if this already happened, if it's going to happen or if it may yet come to be. But that's, that's a good explanation yeah. for it. Uh, Sean, do you have any thoughts on this particular song? There's plenty more to talk about, believe me. But this is kind of the main title. I, I enjoyed the song. Uh, I <laughs> the one thing that I and this doesn't have to do anything with the voice acting. It was the actual lip syncing that <laughs> okay. they could not seem to get right with Shirley Booth as she was singing as Mrs. Claus because because they're not lips. They're just like a flat yeah. It's just it, cut into the puppet's mouth. Certain characters in this special had really great mouth design and were able to keep up with the lip sync that they were trying to set yep. up. And then there were other characters that they just looked like they slapped two buck teeth in front of like under their nose. And then they were like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll just make it like a black hole underneath all that. You know, I don't, I don't really care. You know what? Her mouth isn't a mouth. It's just a flap. It's just a flap. And that's it. And sometimes <laughs> it lined up and it, it, was okay, but there were other times. It was the first thing I noticed with Mrs. Claus is I was like, they are fucking with me with this because you don't realize how much we notice because we've talked about this on the show before. How much we notice weird things on a face, monsters by mistake looking at you, <laughs> and then when these things don't match up with the way that we understand how a face works, and we know that they're non-symmetrical, but yet they still appear to us as symmetrical. When these things don't match up, it really is slightly jarring, and I look for it now all the time. And this threw me off a little bit. Monster by mistake, there's no excuse, uh, because you're like relatively modern 
technology. Yeah, you're going to have some glitches sometimes. There's no reason that your child protagonist should look like they're having a stroke <laughs> in the middle of a scene in which they're talking. But for, for stop motion animation of dolls 40 years ago, I'll, I'll give them a little more slack. Thank okay. you, Dave. Especially for like <clears throat> mouth, mouth flapping puppets who are talking and singing throughout the entire episode. Thank you. To Dude. Sean's point, the characters that have big old mustaches and stuff and, and buck teeth covering up their mouth hole, they do look a little bit better because <laughs> there's less they have to like hide. But for Mrs. Claus, uh, they decided not to give her a mustache for whatever reason, and she's just kind of out in the open. So it's a, it's a tough it's a tough one to start with. But for me, it was still charming, and I'm a I'm a stop motion geek. So any any of that stuff is just charming to me. It doesn't bother. Thank me. you. Uh, since we've already talked about some of the characters, what do you got, Sean? What do you uh, got? I, I want to ask us the question that is yeah. the entire idea behind this show is that what's going on with Santa Claus? Okay, we he he's gotten almost 365 days to the next single day that he has to actually do work, and now yep. he's sort of belly aching. Well, hold on now. And complaining. What do you think? What do you think Santa's responsibilities are throughout the year? It, it doesn't seem like it's that much because it, it's like a high level supervisor. Because he, he's not making the no. toys, he's not training the reindeer, he's not making meals or doing anything. I'm presumably he's just signing elf checks, and and handing them out. He's a, he's just calling down to the workshop. He's right. a CEO. He's got people yeah. to manage. He's running the company. He's got to put people in mm-hmm. line. He's got to broker deals. Mm-hmm. He delegates. Santa's got a lot to do. He's got to make sure everything runs. He's the only one. To make sure. He doesn't really... And if you take him out, literally everything shuts down because everyone else stops doing their job. I'm, I'm actually going to say this. I really don't think if... And we get into this very early in the show. I really think that if he decided not to do this, somebody else, Jingle or Jangle, would have picked up the slack or Mrs. Claus would have picked up the slack. Mrs. Claus was ready to and go. And they would have done it without him. But they... They played into his ego uh, that he has, and they were just like, you know what? Let's let's find some excuse. Let's find some reason to kind of like help quell your fears about this Santa that nobody cares about you, and there's no goodwill on earth. And let's let's bolster your confidence back up. All right, you're a unique well, little snowflake Santa Claus. Let's talk about this though. What do you what do we think was actually wrong with him? Do we think he was sick? Do we think he was just old and tired and needed a vacation? Or do we think there was something more personal, psychological? He's depressed. Everything, every sign points to clinical depression. Clinical depression. Yeah. No, he, he has clinical depression. And I think everyone deserves the, you know, if, if you are having a rough fucking day and mm-hmm. you feel undervalued and what's the point of it all, like, you got to take time for you, man. Or you like you need to you need to have a reflection point, and that's what this whole experience is: is it's a reflection point for Santa to rediscover why it's important. But I think even more importantly, Santa gets something that he had never asked for, really, to begin with. Yes, Dave. Or you know what you need? He needs something to do. He's a man of action, right? Yeah. The rest of the year, he's like we said, he's he's managing, he's delegating, he's supervising, he's making sure the lists are checked and they're all in order and everybody's good to go and all the logistics and everything are figured out. He's eating a lot. He's got to gain all that weight. He's got to keep that beard nice and and trim and and you know, shiny white. But he needs something to do. 
He's a man of action. The one night of the year, he actually gets to fly around the world. Like He's doing everything he can possibly do in that one night. So I love the fact that, yeah, he's depressed and he's under his blankets and he looks super cozy and he calls off Christmas. But the way to get him going is to give him something that he needs to solve. He needs to rescue his buddies. We'll get to that in the plot. But he has, Mrs. Claus basically provides him with action to do. He needs something. He needs a goal to complete something to physically do. And that snaps him out of it pretty quickly, mm-hmm. which I thought was nice. Or he yeah. needs to think that Mrs. Claus is scheming on something and that he needs, yeah. and that again, he needs an action to be able to figure out what are you scheming about, mom? I want you no, guys to think about who, who the like villain slash antagonist of this piece is. And we'll get to that in the plot because I think it might be an interesting, an interesting response. But since we've talked about some of the characters, let's go through them. Mrs. Claus, how do we feel about her? Mel? I like Mrs. Claus. Uh, mm-hmm. I think as Sean is insinuating, or you're both insinuating, who is the actual uh, antagonist here, Mrs. Claus is kind of the villain. Oh, I don't think that. Oh, no? I definitely I do. mean, she, <laughs> she's the catalyst for this entire... Well, not yep. not the catalyst, but she's the catalyst for the action that occurs in the rest of the movie. And yep. more importantly, she completely abdicates all responsibility for making it happen by saying, well, jingle and jangle, who we'll get to in a second. Uh, yep. they're, they're up to some no good shit. And then he's like, what the fuck? And then he goes down to help save his buddies, as you yeah. mentioned, Dave. Yeah. Um, she she sets all these pieces in motion and then just like takes the hands off the ring yeah. and just like nope <laughs> see what happens. That being said, uh, something I love mm-hmm. about Mrs. Claus or and just like the design of Mrs. Claus is um, uh, being a diehard Rankin Bass fan. Mm-hmm. I you know I I think I I'm pretty sure I watched these movies in some sort of chronological order. Meaning I watched uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Down to Town first because that is really the right. origin story of. Santa. And in the origin story, Chris Kringle falls in love with a woman named Jessica. And Jessica mm-hmm. is a redhead. She's a teacher in this town. And so when you think about like where Mrs. Claus came from, like she was just like a woman in town, a town that was dull and gray. And Chris came, Chris Kringle mm-hmm. came along and like filled her life with color. <laughs> oh my God, Sean. Oh like, man, it was such a nice moment. Like color too. and lightness. Thank you, Dave color and lightness mm-hmm. and love and giving. And when you see the, the design for Mrs. Claus in this, in this episode or in this special, you see there are like streaks of red that are in her white hair because she, that's who she was. I mean, or she is, you know, deep inside. And then you kind of see some moments of like humility from her where there are other characters that are, um, I don't know the right word for it. They're like, Larger than life's not the right thing, but they're like, um, they're just like figures in our mythos on Earth. Yeah, they're kind of like, yeah, powerful myth. Figures. Right, powerful yeah. myth that she like comes to meet that like even Mrs. Claus, who you think of as a child is like, oh my God, Mrs. Claus is like this, you know, this character, this person who's like not real. But then in this moment when she meets these other people, these other myth myth people, like, She's like, I've never even met them before. And you're like, right. oh my God, that's right. She was a human just like us. Yeah. Like, and now she's this mythical character. So that's kind of a fun um, memory, like coming back on this as an adult. Th- that was sort of like a fun arc to watch her go through. That's cool. That's- John, what do you think about Mrs. Claus? 
Uh, aside from the problems with the voice syncing and the flapping mouth, I think she's a great character. Yeah, and they had a lot of fun with her too. I, I like the stuff that they did with her. And to Mel's point, it was really interesting to see her as the narrator, as the main character, as the driver of the action throughout the, the movie, for, for better or worse. And I really like the design. We'll talk about that in the animation style in a little bit. But yeah, I like the design of both Mrs. Claus and Santa Claus. And Shirley Booth was fantastic as the voice. Mm -hmm. For Santa Claus, however, how do we feel about Mickey Rooney on his Santa Claus? Mel? <laughs> I like Mickey Rooney on his Santa Claus. I think he, he is Santa in a, like in a couple other, right? I'm pretty sure. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that Mickey Rooney does the voice for Santa I and mean, a few other Rankin-Bass things. Yeah. Um, so I like it. There's kind of like an affected um, accent yeah. that he does, which I've just oh. come to associate with that because that's what I've remembered it from as a child. And um, like the affectionate calling Mrs. Claus of like, God Gosh darn it, Ma, what have you done now? Like <laughs> The affectionate, God damn it, Mrs. Claus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's just something, I don't remember. I remember that, but I like, and I just remember it affectionately. But yeah, that's about it. I don't know. For me, there was some weird, he had some weird deliveries uh, in this. That kind of took me away from it. I never, when he was uh, kind of about town and going about his business, I was like, okay. He's he seems Santa Clausy, mm -hmm. but then there were other times, especially for his songs, they just they kind of felt a little off for me. Mm -hmm. He was he's, he kind of he creeped me out a little bit. I don't know if it was the Mickey Rooney voice or the stuff he was singing. I don't know. There was something just a little off that I was like, I don't know if I hundred percent trust this Santa. I don't know if he's if he's back on his rocker. If he's if he's okay to return for Christmas time, I don't know. What about you, Sean? I thought that he was I thought that he was fun as Santa. I think it was interesting to see some of the choices that they made when he goes down in the light of day to interact with a lot yep. of these town folks where he's very hesitant and and sort of tripping over his own words. I, I don't know. I guess I kind of think of a guy who flies around the entire world delivering presents as being relatively confident. But right. then in this moment, he's just stumbling over himself the entire time. And so that was that was kind of interesting to see that for two seconds, I think I feel the same way as you did, Dave. It took me sort of out of it for a moment. But again, yeah, Santa Claus is Santa Claus. And I just I, I, I like seeing him in this rank and bass fashion. It's always fun. Fair enough. Uh, we got to talk jingle and jangle. But before we do, I have to say this year, for whatever reason, the term jingle jangle is fucking everywhere. What? Jingle Jangles on Riverdale. Jingle Jangles on Riverdale. It's like the, the drug or whatever they call in Riverdale. Really? It's a, yeah, it's something at Trader Joe's. It's a, <laughs> it's a brand of food or something at Trader Joe's. It was recently in headlines as a new movie script or TV series pitch that was greenlit by something. They're like, so-and-so orders Jingle Jangle. I'm like, it is literally everywhere. So this is the fourth place that I've seen Jingle Jangle this week alone. And I think that somebody's fucking with me because it's not a normal thing to show up that often. So uh, now I'm just waiting for the Christmas carols to start playing and hear about that jingle jangle. So hey, hey Dave, talk about jingle you... jangle the elves. What are hey, they? Hey, hey Dave, uh, real quick. Yeah. Hey, hey Mel. Uh, now that Dave's not listening and we we have this aside really quick, mm -hmm. um, let's just pepper in the word jingle jangle throughout the rest of this podcast just to see if we can continue to fuck with it. Oh, yeah. 
All right. Uh, cool to cool to enter back in yeah? to talk with okay. Dave. Let's, All uh, right. Yeah. Pull back the curtain. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, Dave. Sorry, we we're just having a little duck blind back here. A little jingle jangle, if you little... know what I mean. Yikes. <laughs> so jing jangs. Uh, yeah, as a duo. About... <laughs> jing jangs. Jing jangs as a duo. I. Uh, now these hold on, these guys are elves, right? Because I don't yes. know the difference between gnomes and elves in this. You whole know thing. what? They bring it up and then they dismiss it immediately. Don't give too <laughs> much thought do to it. Just don't. Just you know, we can't. Okay. We cannot harp. On... I've never seen a gnome in one of these. It's always elves. Always elves. Like I said, don't harp on it too much. Just, I'm not. Just don't think about it. I think Sean's going to, but we need to. Uh... When he gets to the bottom <laughs> of this gnome conspiracy theory, this is my thing. I think you're being a little jingoist right now. A little jingle jangoist. Okay. Oh, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> high five. <laughs> All right. So Jing Jangs, uh, as a duo, as I was saying earlier, they are, they mean well, sure. well-meaning duo. Um, they're like, they're like high ranking elf officials, right? They're like one and two. They're, they're pretty, they're pretty high up on the list. Um, I would yeah. say though that Jangle Bells, like he needs to get it together. He's he's a human. He's a little off. He's an elf that's falling apart. Jangle is like Jangle is like if Andy Kaufman played opposite Will Ferrell in Elf. Yeah, mm. so it was just like fucking with him the whole time. Mm-hmm. It was just like pretending to be really dumb <laughs> the entire time. I I would say this movie done live action would make a fantastic sequel to Elf. I think it could be a really fun. Elf oh. oh, I think you're probably right about that. I think yeah, but we got more folks to talk about. Yes, um, man. Probably my favorites. You guys know who I'm talking about. I don't. Who's your favorite? Well, just look at it this oh way. Oh my god, there's nobody left. Dave can be pretty miserly sometimes. So oh. who else do we have? Me. The miser brothers. The miser brothers. I find it interesting that they're step brothers. Yes, that was that a was never explained. That was a detail <laughs> that I wrote down that I was like, I don't think I knew that. But honestly, if Mother Nature is going to produce like two polar, haha, polar opposite. <laughs> siblings nicely done i love myself right now <laughs> um <laughs> uh you know she's got to fuck two different dudes like that's just the only way you get that totally so um it's the only way you get it's that it's the only Not way that, that happens <laughs> so uh yeah um miser brothers love them love them love their songs do you songs. guys have a preference snow miser heat miser preference i've always preferred snow miser Oh really? Oh yeah, like Mal, you're the best. flat out. Thank I definitely you. I'm I'm on the I'm on Snow Miser as well. Yeah? Yeah. Oh nice. Yeah, we're three for three Snow Miser. There's, Go fuck yourself, Heat Miser. I <laughs> genuinely think though that there's like um uh it's a it's a conspiracy of music that causes that because the the Heat mm. Miser song is in a minor slow. key. And it's slow. And it's slow. And it doesn't it doesn't roll off the tongue as well. And it's not quite as like lively no it's much more fun snow misers is much more fun yes and and yeah. and heat miser doesn't have as much twirling and spinning as snow miser has in his song it's true very uh salient points you made there jing jangs they uh well done. i want to i want to say they really got their money's worth on spinning that <laughs> that toy <laughs> that that actual animated like that animation in and of itself is worth watching this show. It's pretty awesome. But you can <laughs> also see that Batman and Robin. So how true. I think we got one uh, major player left, which I don't know why he's named this way. Uh, it's never explained. Maybe it's something that I don't understand. 
His name's Ignatius or Iggy Thistlewhite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's a little kid who we'll meet in a little bit. But what's up with this kid? He has a nice name. Why is he named Ignatius Thistlewhite? <laughs> I don't know. There's nothing There's nothing about it? I don't, not that I'm aware of. Uh, listeners, I thought, I thought it was going to like play into the story. I thought there was going to be some sort of like, and he is descended from the, I have no idea. No, I, I don't. I think it's just a funny name. It's a cute name. Uh, let me ask. It's a cute name. Let me ask you guys this. This did this come before Rudolph? Mel? Mm. This is before or after Rudolph. While you figure it out, the reason I ask this is because there are Santa's reindeer in here, but they do not talk. They basically have no agency of their own. They fly, they do what they're told. They can carry a prodigious amount of weight. Um <laughs> they get sick very easily. Mm-hmm. But but they don't talk like they do in Rudolph. So I was curious to know what which came first. So Rudolph was 64. Oh, that's way before this. That's like 10 years before this. <laughs> and yeah, uh, this is 10 years after. What the heck? Did the, did the reindeer get some sort of like disease that turned them back into to mute beasts? Like War for the Planet of the Apes? Did it like rob them of their, their speech and... So maybe it doesn't exist in a shared universe. I guess maybe I'm taking this too far. I think I think it's yeah, because <laughs> we don't really talk about Rudolph in this at all. No, um, as I mentioned, we get what Vixen and Dasher. I think maybe Vixen is is who little baby Vixen is who we've got here, and then Dasher. And then right, right. And I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's messed up by name because there's like so many more names. Yeah. But that's pretty much all of our characters. So before we get into the plot, is there any more that you want to focus on for the animation style? Um, for my two cents, it's a typical kind of Rankin Bass style. So you know what the puppets look like. You know what the animation style looks like. I thought, you know, the, the, the dolls look great. I thought the production value was really good. The set designs, all the little details, um, the, the scale of everything looked really good. Everybody is very shiny, though. I noticed that everyone is <laughs> super shiny. Uh, but that's really the only thing that looked kind of weird to me. The the mouth sink didn't bother me. The kind of janky running from place to place didn't bother me. Everything looked pretty solid throughout, I thought. What about you guys? I, I love the character design for these Rankin-Bass puppets. That it's it's typically just a face that is the shape that we're we're accustomed to and we're used to with a mouth of varying sizes and degrees and then it's always it's always the weird bulbous noses that they mm-hmm. have for these characters that I don't know why it's just so funny to watch it's oh, they feel satisfying <laughs> to me yeah. like like the the yep. design the paint and design on Santa's nose where it's like red and then like fades out like I can feel oh, yeah, yeah. in my mind Going back to my love of strawberry shortcake dolls, like that texture, like I can mm. feel the texture of like what that feels like. And I'm just like, oh, that feels satisfying. I don't know why. It's like really comforting. Yeah. Some of them had like weird little like bumps or like, like not dots, like freckles, but like weird little like lumps. And I was just like, what? You're, what is you're talking about specifically the, the cop has those yeah, like, yeah. it looks like pimples on his chin. Mm-hmm. But like evenly spaced and like evenly distributed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, a perfect storm of acne. <laughs> yeah, it's like a like a Connect Four grid. It's <laughs> on his chin. Yeah. There's just weird little weird little details and eccentricities. I love the design of Heat Miser versus Snow Miser. Mm-hmm. Both of them. 
Um, the other power that shows up a little bit later on, I was not super impressed with her design, but I thought it was, I thought it was cool. Yeah. There were some cute little touches to it, but just not what I expected. It's not the most impressive and they, no. they, uh, Rankin Bass gets into like sort of the more pagan side of, yeah. um, like, like the world basically in another special that I cannot think of the name of. And those characters don't look anything like mother nature does here like not cartoony at all what's interesting is this was not not jesus-y at all this was just santa claus and christmas and mm. presents and whether you get them or not like there there was nothing religious about this thing other than obviously dealing with christmas but the focus was on santa claus and the santa claus mythology mm-hmm. which i thought was interesting because you might as well just have it be a pagan you know a secular or not secular but like a pagan holiday at that point so Interesting how they didn't they didn't really shoestring any uh, or shoehorn any uh, religious stuff in here at all, which they could have. I mean, it's a Christmas movie. They just opted not to. Speaking so of, let's get into it. Yep. So speaking of this movie, let's get into it. Yeah. Santa Claus is on vacation. Done. No kids get a Christmas. They're sad. They're on benches and they're crying. Aww. Done. They're they're coming up with uh with newspaper titles that just say <laughs> too tired and not coming. Which is like I loved reading the like the like sub headlines where it was like it was like Money Mutual launches a new firm and I was like that's a weird <laughs> thing to include but I guess it makes sense. But like too tired not coming is like the thing I text friends when I've come home from yep. work and they want to go out for happy hour but I've already taken yep. a nap. Exactly. It's too not tired. something that I run as like a main headline story. So look I, for I, Mel starring in this year's holiday hit. Too tired. The year without a happy hour. The year. Also too tired. <laughs> That's the sequel. Yeah. There you go. So I want to I want to throw this out there. Um, newspapers are reporting about this. So obviously there's a marketing and communications team that's up at the North Pole that's disseminating this information. Sure. This also makes me think and leads me to believe that everybody knows that Santa Claus exists in the entire yep. world but then there's the question yep. about do we believe in him so I, I i'm very confused everybody seems to know and understand that he exists but people don't seem to believe in him but they also are reporting front page news that he <laughs> is not doing his job this year so I, i'm just i'm confused about the whole reason for having this show i enjoyed it i'll say that again <laughs> But I'm 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 confused about sort of this this you know catalyst for the rest of the the episode. I think you just gotta I let think it happen. For me, I think for me it was about the kind of the loss of the magic of the Christmas spirit of the Christmas season. So they've established that everybody knew Santa Claus was real. That his job is to you know deal with Christmas once a year because even the kids are like, yeah, we know Christmas wasn't here last year and Santa wasn't here, but whatever, it was fine. It's like that kind of casual acceptance of something that used to bring you so much joy, which they talk about at the end of the special that you just didn't have. So you kind of gave up on it and you're just like, meh, I don't care anymore. It's the thing that we don't get anymore. So whatever. Um, I don't think it was, I don't think it was handled that well because when they do bring it up to some of the kids and some of the other people at first, they're just like, I don't need a Santa Claus. And then they have like one sappy song and they're like, I love Santa Claus and Christmas time. And I can't wait to see it again. So it wasn't the execution wasn't great but i think the sentiment was fine and i mean for little kids watching this you know that it's all going to be santa time at the end anyway so it's fun i just want to point out that 
your accent for somebody living in Southtown, Dave, is yep. perfect. Oh, no, okay. it's great. <laughs> I mean, I, I live here. They literally sing the about a song. More. They sing about a town down in Dixie. <laughs> and it's currently where I am. So, Oh, and it's going to snow. It's going to snow tonight. It's going to snow tonight into tomorrow morning in the place that I'm currently living, which is crazy. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. Yeah. As we're recording this episode, it's supposed to be like 32 tonight and uh, precipitation, which is snow. Wow. It's going to yeah. snow, ho, ho, right here in Dixie. It yeah, will be crazy, white overnight. There will be snow. It will be I was cold. A little, um, be I was a little uncomfortable with that the first time I heard it, but uh, I was okay with it after the fact. Because of the phrase of using Dixie as the South? Well, no, because he's like, can't wait till it's white overnight in Dixie. I was just like, uh, it's fine, I guess. We're talking, talking about, about the weather. Christmas. Yeah, there's yeah. racial know, undertones. Unfortunately, oh my God. I don't know where I went. It turns out there's racial issues in the South. Oh my, god. oh my god! But we're not there yet. We got to get back to the beginning of this whole thing. All right. So we've already said that Mrs. Claus narrated the opening. Santa's being lazy and depressed. Uh, he needs his meds. He's in a like a rocking chair, all bundled up. So Mrs. Claus does an interesting thing. She doesn't try to just cheer him up. She doesn't just bring him soup and be like, "You'll feel better in the morning." She's like, "Fuck it! I've been thinking about this for years. I'm gonna take the fat bastard's job and I'm gonna do it myself." <laughs> she has a whole song about it. I was like, that's yep. pretty cool. I liked how progressive she was. Anyone but what happens? can be Santa. I've fantasized it a lot. It's uh, about all I yeah. can remember. I didn't know she'd been thinking about it that much, but that was pretty good. Yeah. But then guess what? Her, her whole plan is like predicated upon the fact that nobody can tell the difference between her and Santa Claus as long as they see her from behind. Mm -hmm. So when people come to the window, <laughs> she turns around and they're like, Oh, hey, Mrs. Claus. She's like, well, fuck it. Plan B. Plan B I, it I'm is. I'm kind of upset that she abandoned ship on that idea so quickly. That could have been a really fun... I would fun... have watched that movie, yeah. Me too. Maybe Mrs. Some... Claus Saves Christmas. Oh, what a great title. Yeah. Done. With the help of the Miser Brothers. Anna Kendrick. No, Jing and, and Jang's. Jing Jang's helps. Speaking of them, they are plan B. They are. They're basically plan B. Um, here's, here's one thing I thought was interesting. Because as Mrs. Claus is like trying to get plan B together to send Jingle Jangle and Little Vixen down to Earth uh, to drum up some Christmas cheer, you know, Santa, I almost called him Mr. Claus. Santa Claus knows that she's up to something and he is mad about it. Sure He's is. so mad about it. He just fumes, but he doesn't like get out of his little chair. He just like is sure that she's up to something. But clearly he's still got some fight in him. He's still, he's still got some energy to him, right? So it kind of like undermines his story that he doesn't feel good and he needs a break, he needs a vacation. So she does something. Here's where it comes a little pseudo villainous for me because she sets these things into motion to get his ass up out of the chair, but puts other people directly in like the path of fire and harm's way. So walk us through plan B. So plan B is that Jing Jangs and Vixen are going to go down to Earth to right. drum up some goodwill right. and Christmas spirit. But what she doesn't realize is that in order to get from the North Pole down, that you have to go directly through the Miser Brothers path. And like bum, they, bum, it, is a, it is a crossfire you don't get caught up in the Crossfire! 
Uh, so then Santa has to get up off his ass and save them because she yeah. was careless about letting them do that. But he does not know it was her who made them do this. Yeah. So let's go back through this. She immediately abandons the plan to just be Santa Claus herself. Then she sends Jing Jang and a baby reindeer that can barely fly, can barely fit these two elves on its back, into the crossfire of Heat Miser and Snow Miser. And then when they basically get jacked up and have to land in a town, then she tells Santa, like, oh, hey, by the way, Jing Jang and Vixen went to go hang out and they probably got, like, murdered by the Miser brothers. Maybe you should go, like, help them out. And he's like, shit, woman. So then he throws off his blanket, he puts on his coat, and he hops on Dasher and he hides down to help out. So now we've got Jing Jang and Vixen in Southtown. And we've got Santa and Dasher in Southtown. They're both, it's this kind of cat and mouse thing. They're trying to, they're trying to find Christmas cheer and they're trying to find each other. And there's a lot of, like, it's a lot of just like cat and mouse, almost like detective story kind of stuff going on. So what what held your attention in Southtown? What was interesting in Southtown? Lots of good stuff in Southtown. Uh, apparently you know? women walk around with cats as muffs pretty regularly. <laughs> yeah, that was disturbing. Seemed... Her wrist was deep, deep in that cat. Uncomfortably. So there's that. Uh, the policing in Southtown, mm-hmm. also very interesting. Aggressive. Jing Jangs gets pulled over by a bicycle cop who is <laughs> like, who, which I love these details in the Rankin Bass films of just like yeah. the ridiculousness of like pulling over for driving on the wrong way on a one way street and you're on a vixen and you're just like, whoa, buddy. And you're wearing the- funny clothes. And you're wearing funny clothes yep. on a Sunday. And I'm just like, oh my God. That's right. It's I goofy. actually swore at the TV because they were still riding the reindeer after they had landed. I was like, <laughs> clearly, you are too much for this poor one. Just get off the reindeer. She flew your ass all the way here and <laughs> saved you when you got blasted by Heat Miser. So please, give her a break. Yeah. Don't dress her up like a dog and parade her around the streets. Nope, let's dress yeah. her up like a dog. Speaking yeah, of aggressive it. behavior, the dog catcher in Southtown, top Whoa. notch. Top notch, David. Dog. There are no stray dogs on these streets. Yeah, man. Whoa. They're all pooch scooped up and they're taken away to the pound. Where evidently right. you can take an animal's temperature by just putting a thermometer, <laughs> putting a thermometer in their mouth and just being like, hold that there for a minute. <laughs> Let me take that it, back. Yeah, Ooh, okay. Stop eating this mercury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Ooh>. Oh. <laughs> so meanwhile, we've got Jingle and Jangle. Now they're looking for vixen because vixen's gone missing mm-hmm. they this is where they've they've met with i think they've met with iggy mm-hmm. at this point at the school and at the school where they're creeping on a bunch of kids and i thought that was inappropriate but it is <laughs> what it is and they figure that iggy and the kids they don't have the christmas spirit either they're just like totally not into it I'm like well all right i guess let's go find vixen and get the hell out of here so meanwhile what's what's claws up to what's good old santa claus up to so santa comes down he's kind of retracing the steps right of where jing right. jangs has been uh, and then he comes upon Iggy, who Iggy has come back to his house at this point. And I think, he, I think he pops down to the, he talks to the police officer first, right? He does. Yes. Um, he finds it's, that it's just, I only bring it up. Oh, I, I just find it uh, interesting because sometimes Santa will hide his magical side of like just jumping on a reindeer and flying away. And sometimes he won't. So it was just interesting to me that like sometimes he'll just like hide in the bushes and other times he's just like, I'm just going to fly this fucking reindeer out of here in the middle of broad daylight. He chooses so, his moments. He does. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because it's slowly like building up the magical 
energy again. So I thought that was interesting. Well, he also reserves it for people who are already believers. So he yeah. talks to the policeman. And he's like, well, there's clearly no Christmas spirit here because that guy was a total asshole. But then we go over to Iggy and we meet with Iggy's parents mm -hmm. and, you know, Iggy's mom hears Santa sneeze and he's like, oh, come inside. You know, like, we, we'll give you something for that cold. Way too trusting. Way too trusting but in the family. Lovely. I thought that was so lovely. I always thought that was really nice. And then they have this, like, lovely very nice. family moment. And, you know, he's drinking his tea. And then they talk about, you know, like, Iggy's like, I don't believe in Santa. Do you, Dad? And he's like, of course I believe in Santa. And then it becomes this, like, I mean, the song's a little extreme. I'll, I'll give it that. Like, if, you know, <laughs> I believe in Santa. This. Yes. Let me ask you this. Yes. If you're invited into a stranger's house and you sit down for tea, how appropriate on a scale of one to 10 is it to just start singing <laughs> a song no one's ever heard before? Uh, I find it very appropriate. I mean, I will do that regularly. I think if you're Santa Claus, you can get away with that. I think you can. Again. And everybody he's... joins in. It was actually a turn nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, Santa is picking his moments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. So he believes in himself like he believes in love. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That's um, nice. It's just really nice. Neither of them exists. Mm. <laughs> what? Sorry, I missed the point of this, this show completely. I, clearly, you were not the only one because Sean was horrified by the mother's uh, permanent surprised open mouth facial expression and just couldn't, just like was ruining... <laughs> <laughs> we're making we're making physical jokes on an audio podcast. Uh, <laughs> it was like, pretty funny though. Horrible comments during like a very touching. Song. Her mouth looked like a blow up sex doll. If anybody's trying to she figure out, like she... they ran out of dolls, so they just like grabbed a plastic <laughs> blow up toy, <laughs> just filled it. You guys are the fucking worst. <laughs> oh Speaking God, of the worst, know. the mayor of Southtown. He's the real worst. Yes. So then we go to the mayor of Southtown. Uh, Iggy and Jing Jangs are, are trying to hit him up because they... Oh, this is another <laughs> lesson that I thought was very yeah. funny. So Iggy finds out that they're in trouble. Iggy's dad yeah. is like, you know what, son? When someone's in trouble... Go you know, with these strangers. I always say, yeah. go straight to the top. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like not how that works. We have yeah. systems in our in our democracy and going to the mayor is not a part of that. But you need to go to the top man, Melanie. Top, top mayor. man. I get it. They're all men. I understand that. No, no, no. We currently, Actually, mayor of Atlanta is Keisha Bottoms. Mayor and, Keisha uh, Bottoms. And when we, when we get down to it in this episode, the top person who's making decisions is a woman. Is a lady. What do you think about it? I, the top person Just think who's making decisions? It. Top person We'll get to in that in a little bit. So the mayor, decisions. in the meantime, basically lets the audience know that it has not snowed in Southtown. In a hundred years. So he basically makes a deal with uh, Jing Jang and Iggy that if it snows, he's going to let Vixen go free, which is a weird thing for a mayor to be like weirdly in charge of a, of a dog pound, but okay. But he's also going to call every mayor in the world and make sure that they have a holiday so Santa can get a day of rest. <laughs> which I thought was a bit extreme. I also was confused at why Santa needed an extra holiday, but that's fine. Yeah, this sets up the whole thing with Heat Miser and Snow Miser. We get a little bit of visitation, a little bit of back and forth, but we also get the arrival of Mrs. Claus once more to kind of continue with these machinations that she's set in, in progress, in motion to begin with. So 
Tell me about the back and forth with Heat Miser and Snow Miser and how that ultimately leads to the end here. So we go because if we're going to get a snowball and the, the chance of a snowball in Southtown, if you will, right, we got to right. go to Snow Miser to get of him course. to make it snow. And Snow Miser is like, well, that's hilarious. You know, that's under the, the charge of my brother, Heat Miser. Right. Stepbrother. Yeah. Stepbrother. And so then they have to go to Heat Miser and Heat Miser is like, this, this, is what, this is why I like Snow Miser better. So Snow Miser is like, I will definitely do this. Yeah. If Heat Miser is okay with it. One snowfall in a south, in like a southern territory. Heat Miser, yeah. on the other hand, is like, great. I want the North Pole permanently, which is yeah, like not extreme, how you but... negotiate. Yeah. A little crazy. A little. Can I also ask you guys this question? Um, whenever a guest stops by to visit, do both of you burst into song with choreographed dance and minions? Uh, just basically saying your name over and over again to let people know who you are. I hundred yes. percent. We have. They are. It's a little couple. They um, yeah. they ballroom dance um, together. They have hats. They look that they, they start look kind with. Of like yeah. They're just very small. Yeah. Very tiny, and they they start with hats, and then at the end of the song, the hats disappear. <laughs> I like it. It's, yes. It's yeah. Very it's specific a, choreography. It's very enticing to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. We're very satisfied with it. It's yeah. it's very good. So as you guys may have guessed, these two jerk brothers don't get along. So if you can't get the brothers to get along, then where do you have to go? Gotta go to the top. Oh. Go to the top. Oh. oh, now we get it. We got there. We got there. Together. Together. So we gotta go to Mother Nature. Heck yeah. And she has a pretty good idea, actually. I mean, do you want to talk about her design a little bit here since we teased it earlier? So her design is is a little strange. She's got like kind of a, a, a lo- an elongated, almost Pinocchio-like nose. Yeah. You know, she's got a really cool hat that's a bird's nest, and there's a little bird hanging out in her nest up there. It's got a bird on it. Yeah. Got a bird on it. <laughs> Put a bird on it. Um, you know, she's outside enjoying the nice spring weather because it's yeah. spring all the time where she lives, and you know, she's having tea, and that's really nice. Yeah, well, they're her little animal friends. Yeah. They're little animal friends. Um, and she's more than happy to talk to, you know, Mrs. Claus and... Who had never met her before. This is the first time that they're meeting, which is something you mentioned earlier. Yes. Uh, which I thought was really cool that they had just like brought that, you know, back around. And then, um, you know, so she hears out Mrs. Claus's uh, plight, what she needs. And then she immediately calls her her children to her through lightning bolts. <laughs> which was pretty sweet. Which was badass. And if I can call my naughty fucking children with lightning bolts, I'm going to figure out how to do that. Seems... And then reprimand them the same way. It was, yeah. it was a great way to do it. Seems reasonable. She has a pretty good compromise, I thought, right? Yeah, so it's one spring day in the North Pole for one right. snowball in Southtown. Yeah, I, think I thought nice. that was pretty good. Yeah. And they both finally compromised. Mm -hmm. The weird thing was, as we were watching this movie, it was literally maybe like halfway through the runtime that I thought at this point. I was like, this thing's pretty wrapped up. Like, what are they going to (laughs) do? It's because they tacked on half an hour of like special features at the end of it in the same runtime. Mm -hmm. But but anyway, we've now got the deals done. Uh, Snow Miser makes it snow in Southtown. There's a white Christmas. The mayor makes good on his promises, so Vixen is free. I think Santa actually came in and, and freed her earlier. Yes. He, pay, he, paid, he paid the, the bail. Put her on his back, like shoulders, like he had just shot her in the woods. I thought this turned into a deer hunter. Oh my God. I thought this turned into a deer hunter at some point. Like a carcass. Dragged her out of there. 
So he drags Vixen out of there. Like he just dragged her out of the woods. Vixen's good to go. She's back home. She's being taken care of. Everybody's got Christmas, a white Christmas in Southtown. All the mayors around the world have been called, and they are now celebrating Santa Claus and Christmas once more. The cute thing was, they kind of had this like hands around the world with all these different children of different nations. They came together. They made presents for Santa. They sent him to the North Pole. They sent him cards. But it was one poor, sad, crying girl singing Blue Christmas that really got him motivated again. I was confused because he seemed super proud that he made her cry. But he was also, <laughs> he was also inspired him to get back to being Santa Claus again. So walk me through that a little bit. Well, everybody knows that Santa is powered by crying women. Oh, my yeah. God. Right? Yeah. That's like in powered the mythos. By powered by yeah. tears. No? Well, then what's up? Santa is, is touched emotionally by how wonderful a sentiment it is to be missed and that it's going to be a blue Christmas without him. No. And, you know, and then he's like, well, I gotta, I gotta go because I gotta make sure they don't miss me. Now, here's where I had some more confusion again. We have a, we have a montage of like the elves and everything throwing all the presents in the sleigh and everybody getting <laughs> everything ready and Santa getting all dressed up. Here comes Santa Claus is playing in the background. The year without a Santa Claus. There's kind of another uh, a refrain of the year without a Santa Claus, but changed up a little bit. Mm -hmm. He looks directly at the camera during the song and he goes, I dreamed unhappy things, which was terrifying yep. for a second. <laughs> yep. But I, I have a question now at the end. Was this entire thing just his dream, his nightmare? Ooh. No, 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 no. He literally wakes up at the end, though, after saying, I dreamed unhappy things, and then it does the shimmer thing. No. And he wakes up and is like, it's Christmas. I have to go. No. Oh, that's a great know, idea. I watch no. it again. No, I don't not. know, man. No. There are no gnomes in the, the North Pole. Oh, man. Maybe this is all Santa's dream, man. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out, man. I'm freaking I'm out, man. Out, Mel. So what happens? Walk me through it, Mel. What happens in the end? That's it. You basically <laughs> brought us all the way through the end. What do you mean? That's he it? drives down Santa Claus Lane, and then he's like, it's fucking Christmas. That's that's the whole thing. Does he happen Dude, to I deliver? Does he happen to deliver any toys to anybody? I guess Iggy gets a bicycle and yeah. shit. What is uh? What is mom and what is mom and blow up doll? Oh, dad man. and blow up doll. Mom, mom blow up doll. Mom's got a little dad. on the side. That's the new nuclear family. <laughs> family. That's right. Nuclear family. <laughs> I belong in Southtown because that's boy. Who actually? Who's got the? Oh, uh, Jangle b b belong. I belong in Southtown. That's the Jangle Bell accent. Yeah, Jangle Jangle Bell's a little. <laughs> oof. Jangle Bell's a special case. But they they give each other presents. Mom, Iggy, the Thistle Whites give each other presents, mm. and Iggy's got a bike. And what else happens? Is it there, you're leading me to something? I don't know what it is though. <laughs> oh, I don't know. If Sean knows. Yeah, Sean. What no, is that's it? just the conclusion. Oh, yeah. like, you know, it's... <laughs> that's it. I still think, I'm going to stick by, I think it was all a dream. I think he had a nightmare oh. that, he, that he retired for a year and that all the kids were sad and that none of this shit happened and that he woke up in like, a, you know, the night before you have like a big test or a big presentation or something to do and you mm -hmm. keep waking yeah. up in the middle of the night thinking that you missed it or you overslept or whatever. I think that's what's going on here. I think he was fine the whole time. But he really mm. had to like, he was like, oh. And he had to get up and go. 
Hmm. I dreamt on things. No. I disagree. Really? Yes. Mel's seen it like 50 times. I've seen it literally once two hours ago. So (laughs) I feel like Mel's got the edge. I've got to watch it again. You're fucking wrong, Trump war. That's all I got to say. Yeah, without a Santa Claus. So yeah. Anything else from uh, this before we wrap it up for the night? What I want to say about that I love so much about these specials and that I love about this specifically is that the details are so delightful. In all of these stop motion things. So like because which I, I'm glad that we looked this up briefly of like when did Rudolph come out, but you can see duplicate characters and toys and set pieces from like those earlier movies that are in this mm. movie. And that's just like really fun to like you notice and see. Like I think that um like Herbie from Rudolph is like a character with a different voice in that opening sequence. Oh, really? That's yeah. Cool. And like for a brief moment when you get introduced to Southtown and like it's gonna snow. Oh, oh. There's like a character that looks like Charlie Chaplin, like in the crowd. No particular reason. That's right. That's, that's right. Um, But it's like they're just these like fun little things and like the, the little details that they animate that they don't have to because yeah. I'm sure it's a lot of fucking work to animate these things. But <laughs> yeah. somebody was like, you know, what's important is I want this like little top to spin. And I just think that's really delightful. I just that's why I love these movies so much. That's what I want to say. Cool. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. And we'll get to our recommendations in a second. But we are not the only folks out there with opinions that people of the internet have something to say as well. Guys, and to share this week's Love It or Hate It, we are going to turn it over to friend of the show, Bobby Anthem, for this week's Love It or Hate It. Bobby, take it away. This week's Love It was written by Mona Passignano from Denton, Texas, on June 16th, 1999. She rated it 10 out of 10 and titled her review, Have You Ever Busted a Gut Laughing Because Someone Had Heat Miser Hair? (laughs) Mona said, When I was young, one of my family's favorite things to do in December was to watch the Christmas specials. All the good ones were on CBS. On Christmas morning, my siblings and I would wake our parents at the most ungodly hour so that we could open presents. I remember very few presents that I ever received. But what I do remember is my parents stumbling into the living room sporting heat miser hair. Of course, once we saw that, we had to break into song. If only I could muster up that kind of enthusiasm at 5 o'clock in the morning now. And our hate it was written by frustrated Amazon user Don Bush on November 27th, 2008. He rated it one out of five stars and titled his review, Still Waiting. Don said, I have not received this yet. It's been almost a month and I'm getting angry. I can't figure out how to let Amazon know that it hasn't come yet. Please, somebody tell me. Oh my God. Perfect. And guess what? I ordered my copy and I'm still waiting for it as well. So Don Bush, I get it we have it in the house sean why did you order another copy i, I just i wanted i wanted more copies the internet you guys can watch this on amazon prime <laughs> and thank you so much to bobby anthem he's been doing so great over these past few weeks and months with our love it's and hate it's happy holidays to you and yours sir we thank you so much thank you bobby as always contributions absolutely all right so the year without a santa claus mel once again thank you so much for 
being vulnerable and joining us on the show, we know we're going to tear it apart. So do you recommend this Rankin Bass special? (laughs) Of course I do, you piles of garbage. (laughs) What What the shit? Happy holidays. Happy holidays, you rotten bastards. I can't wait to dip this in a moment. Oh my God, you're the worst. Oh no. (laughs) No, of course I'm kidding. If Sean dips it and I dip it, it's erased for all time. What? Oh, that's how how this works. It's a majority dip. Uh, of course, I recommend this. This was a lot of fun to watch. It did a great job of putting me in the holiday spirit. Thank you for sharing this with us, Melanie. You're fucking welcome. Oh my god! Whoa, David, what's the same your thing. what are your thoughts? So so aggressive. I like this. It was the first time I watched it. I finally got to learn where Snow and Heat Miser came from. I I got to figure out what their whole deal was. I literally thought that this movie was about them antagonizing like santa claus or something i was so far from from being correct uh that this was refreshing it was a nice new story for me to watch i'd like to watch it again to make sure i can like figure everything out because it's made for children and clearly that's too complicated for me but i want to watch it again for that fact uh and it's a really good rank and best stop motion animation special so i think it's one of the better ones that they've come out with it was a lot of fun so thank you for bringing it to our attention you're welcome Melanie, what are you up to in the next couple of weeks leading up to the new year? And where can folks find you out there in uh, reality land? You can uh, find me in the internet land uh, to see if I have pulled myself together yet by following me on Instagram at Melanie underscore Gwyn or on Twitter at Melanie Gwyn. Yes, it's Welsh, Dave. It's Welsh. Always has been. Always will be. Come on, buddy. What about you? <laughs> Guys, as always, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater, and you can find tickets and times with dc.org. And I'm always on the Instagrams and the Twitters at Sean Paul Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. You can also find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. If you want to find out more about this little show right here, we'd love it if you'd head to our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also follow us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep that conversation going on Facebook and send us some happy holiday wishes. We'll be glad to do the same for you by checking out our Facebook page. And listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, if you want to drop us a line, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. And if you want to know what's coming up next week for our final episode of the season and the year and know what's coming up in 2018, head on over to patreon.com slash Saturday morning cartoons. Remember that's morning with a U and you can find out all sorts of information over there. Thank you guys so much for being with us this year. We got one more episode coming up, but it's going to be a fun one. It's not quite what you're expecting. No more holiday specials for us to ruin. I know you're sad, but we thank you for listening. We thank Mel for joining us. Happy holidays to everybody out there. And we will see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.